This is Shine On, the health and happiness show with Casey, an Ella's Leash production. Shine On is a weekly presentation with guests, ideas, information, and fun designed to improve your life from 100.7 WHUD. Hi, and thanks for shining on today. Next time you do something you don't like, freeze. Get quiet and go within. You may meet a part of yourself that is longing to be heard. If you don't ever do compulsive things, you don't need this show. But you may recognize your friends, like me. Hi, it's Casey. Recently, in the middle of a stress fest, I, Little Miss, I don't eat sugar, ate a plate of cannolis. What is this behavior trying to tell me? I don't know yet. But I'll take time to check in with myself soon. However, life coach Maya Matzek smoked a bunch of cigarettes lately. And she had a revelation. She found an inner part of herself and had a big aha. I follow Maya's helpful posts and videos on social media. She has an awareness tool for us to use and a guided meditation too. Do you need to sit with yourself and see what's going on? Maya wants you to be free. So, plate of cannoli crumbs says to overflowing ashtray, what's going on? Well, what happened was I woke up in the morning and listen, you got to understand it wasn't cannoli for me, but it was bulimia and other kinds of food in the past. Right. And so I recognized that moment when I woke up in the morning and I saw I have a choice here to go to self-loathing, which I spent a lot of years inside of hating myself when I did a behavior like that. Or I could get curious and be like, okay, what's really going on here? And kind of get soft with myself, you know? Like, I'm one of those strong women, you know, and I see this with my coaching clients all the time. Well, I'm strong and I can handle this. I've got a can-do attitude. And what that does is it almost it almost blocks off that soft, tender part inside of yourself that's like hoping for some attention, and then you do the behaviors and then you hate yourself, and you're never really intimate with yourself. So I noticed, for me in that moment, I had a choice. Go to the self-loathing, hate myself, maybe go running or something to like make up for the fact that I smoked, but hating myself, or get curious. And I just got really soft and quiet with myself, and it was like this, I could see the image of this like a, a female presence inside of me, like this aspect of my personality, like a, a girl, like a wisp of a girl. And when I touched in with what it felt like, her being felt like inside of me, she felt really weak and, and dry and smoky. And I thought, well, if I've got this really soft, weak, wispy, smoky part of myself that I'm steamrolling and ignoring, of course she'd have to make me smoke cigarettes to get my attention. Wow. So, yeah, yeah. So I just sat there and like communed with this aspect of myself. Okay. So when we have an episode like that where we smoke too much or drink too much or eat too much or do something reckless or what quote unquote out of character for us, that's a part of ourself looking for attention? I think almost always. Now listen, sometimes I want to say this. Sometimes we want to be bad, and that's allowed too. So, but it's like, how can you choose being bad? You know, in years past, I have had a cigarette at a holiday function. I've never been an addictive kind of a personality. A little compulsive, as we're seeing, but like having a cigarette on the 4th of July with family and friends who smoke, celebratory, an indulgence, a pleasure. But so there's always room for that, including with cannoli, right? There's mm-hmm. a place for, for those kinds of indulgences. Um, and I'm for that. But if it's something that's like recurring behavior and you're going toward that self-loathing, I always recommend that 
you just take a moment and get quiet with yourself. And there's certain techniques that you can use, but like I have seen people just, um, after I posted about this on Facebook, several people showed up. One woman said, and she's been dealing with food and she weighs a lot more than she would like to. And she said, I did a meditation like this and I saw my inner skinny girl. And she's like hiding neglected in the cellar where it's cold. Wow. And so, and you never know who you're going to encounter, and it doesn't necessarily have to be some big technique. I call it the tool of awareness. And I studied Buddhism for years. I was like sitting in monasteries on the weekends. And um, Eckhart Tolle is someone that I followed recently, and he really talks about awareness. So I kind of borrowed from Buddhism and Eckhart Tolle, and I've, I actually put together a guided meditation for my clients to be able to sit with ourselves, right? To be able to go inside mm-hmm. and see some imagery or even just experience a feeling or a sensation and lead it, like follow it back to its root, which could be something sort of energetic like I'm describing. Or I had a woman in one of my private groups last night say that she just did that exercise and she's had extreme anxiety and agoraphobia her entire adult life. Mm -hmm. And she is currently at home like why am i still in my 40s dealing with anxiety social anxiety agoraphobia i can't even go to the grocery store and she went in like not in self-loathing but in curiosity and interest like what is really going on here and she suddenly had this she said it was a very quiet aha of like oh my god my stepfather when we were growing up never let anybody go anywhere so we'd sneak out but if he ever caught you he would beat you and it was really dangerous to go out because coming home was so scary so her agoraphobia was a behavior that represented a part of herself that needed to be healed yes wow all right Maya Matzek is our guest. She is a life coach that I follow, and she made this post about uh, going inside and examining herself after a smoking binge, and it hit a big nerve with a lot of people. Now, what I used to do after an eating binge, and again, it's not like a... For me, it's a moderate thing. It's like a low hum underneath my life. When things get stressful, I'm going to overeat. But it doesn't get in my way, and you know what I mean? It doesn't... Yeah. It doesn't get in my way other than the way I torture myself. So, right. <laughs> yeah. Which is, okay, so you ate a pound of pasta, so now you're just going to muscle through the next several days. You're going to stay very busy and do very good things, and eventually this terrible feeling will, you know, fade away. It'll just fade away. And that's my way of getting through. But when you made this post about having the cigarettes and then going in, it really struck me. So when I, but it didn't stop me from having my cannoli binge, <laughs> right? Right. That, <laughs> yeah. that happened after I saw your smoking binge, but there was a lot going on. I had my cannoli binge and then the next day I, that feeling comes up and everybody knows this feeling one way or another. You're lying in bed and you're like, oh my God, what did I do to myself? Right? Right. right. And instead, because I hadn't spoken to you yet, so I didn't know like this technique for going inside. I just read, you know, the, the, the headline of your post, but I remembered it and I said, you know what? I'm just going to be nice to myself. So I ate a lot of cannolis last night, but today I am just going to, I have the choice. I can just be kind to myself. And it really made all the difference in the world. Wow. You really noticed a difference just by shifting your attitude toward like kindness to yourself. Yeah, like if my girlfriend called me up and said, oh my God, you know, I was stressed out and overtired and I ate a plate of cannolis. 
shamelessly, I'd laugh and tell her, you know, go for a run, you'll feel better. But come on, it's not the end of the world. So I did make the shift from self-loathing, which was right there, like, oh, you're such an idiot, why did you do that? Everybody saw you eat the cannolis, you know, whatever, I'm being dramatic. But to just like, oh, Casey, get over yourself. Just be nice to yourself. You had a bad night, whatever, be nice to yourself. Now, I am going to take some time and go inside and find out what, what turns cannoli girl on right oh yeah oh i like how you said that casey what turns cannoli girl on yeah Yeah. and i think we can look at that in two ways right it's like what i was saying a minute ago it could be something negative that you're avoiding or an old wounding like you said that 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 turns her on in a negative way but it could also be like maybe she wants to be bad maybe there's a part of her that wants to express like badness or indulgence or sensual sinful behavior and there's a way that we can choose to be bad but not have it be unconscious and seemingly beyond our control. I think that's something that most people don't imagine is possible. Like, how could I, like, invite some, like, badness in that's not harmful? Okay, give us a for instance. Even what I was describing in the past when I was not living with family members who smoke, I never bought cigarettes, but if I came to visit, I knew leading up to the weekend, because I'm a pretty clean eater, I, you know, mm-hmm. like life coach, holistic health coach, all like all of these different certifications for healthy living and feeling good. And then my family's like, hey, we're having, you know, whatever, fruit dumplings and vodka tonics. And so, <laughs> right, and leading up to those weekends, I'd be like prepping myself to just have fun and indulge and enjoy. And it was right. a way for me to connect with my family. And so I'd indulge in some food. I would indulge in a cigarette or two. And, you know, I saw my dad was very sick. And at one point I wanted to talk to him about some strong emotions I was having about his cancer diagnosis. Mm-hmm. It was 11 o'clock in the morning on a Saturday or a Sunday when I was visiting and he said sweetheart go have some cake have a drink and I thought oh my god there it is yeah that's it that's the way to like use the substance to drown my emotions instead of having more connection but I also got that if this is the way my family wanted to play and I wanted to be connected and have some fun with them I could go along with it I didn't have to be a stick in the mud but I didn't have to make it my lifestyle one thing that a friend of mine said to me this week when because I did reach out to a friend too and be like all right, I did this exercise in bed in the morning. I'm feeling a little better, but what is it? I'm, I'm worried that tonight I'm going to do the cigarette binge again. Someone said, are you familiar with mirror neurons? And it's this concept that our neurology mirrors the people and the behaviors around us. Right. And they say that in conversation. You can tell when people are kind of synced up and, and connecting in conversation. Their body language mirrors each other's body language. Right. But it just got me feeling so much more self-forgiving, like, oh, right, I'm living with smokers. It's a behavior. It's a way to connect all of these things. It's not just me, but it did point to, okay, so what are we going to do about this situation where I'm renovating a house in the country with my, my siblings, uh, mainly, and it's not completely working for me because I, I do go off the rails more than I want to, and it's not a pleasure anymore. And so sometimes there does come that moment where, like, the inner work meets the outer work, and I realize 
that I need to make some changes in my life situation to support the better choices so that then I can return to like having a smoke and a drink once in a while with them and it's fun. Maya Matzik is our guest. She is a life coach and she's so much fun to follow on social media because you'll get a lesson just about every day. Talk about the videos that you're putting on Facebook and things like that. You know, what you said a minute ago actually really sort of caught my attention when you said that you um, I ate this plate of cannoli and everybody saw me, Uh right? There's Uh like something so (laughs) awful about being seen. And so one of the key things that I have done for myself and it turns out that it's supporting a bunch of other people too is that instead of feeling like I'm hiding I'm hiding I'm hiding I can't show this shameful part of myself I'm like let's just reveal it all and then how can anybody shame me because I'm not I'm refusing the shame myself and in fact it's interesting I'm remembering just a year ago it's exactly a year ago that I gave up my apartment briefly became homeless, was living in a tent, and then inherited this house and moved back to where I grew up and started the smoking. It's funny, I hadn't even realized that till we started talking, but I posted on Facebook a picture of me having an indulgence cigarette and a drink. Mm. And people, most people were like, you should not be smoking, that's very bad for you, come on, what kind of a life coach are you? And other people were like, you go girl, like enjoy. And I saw how putting myself out there would show me where I still get triggered and where I still have shame. Yeah. So I just started playing more and more with it. I'm all about freedom. I really, I'm a life coach. I call myself a personal liberation coach because I want people to find freedom from all of the things that are holding them back. And so I've been talking about, I guess, all of the stuff that really keeps hidden, like that, that we keep back um, as a way to set myself free. And then also it seems to be having a kind of nice effect where other people are like picking it up and running with it too. Yeah. You know, we don't feel, I don't feel like I need to go on Facebook and and tell everything to everyone. That's not my job in life. I'm not a life coach. But when I see your freedom, it gives everyone else permission to just be free and to be human and to say, we're not going to get it right every day and to be kind to ourselves. So I thank you. You're doing a great service. You really are doing a great service. Let's talk a bit about shaming. I have in my life some people, I I don't know what you call them, frenemies, but they they seem to like to publicly shame. Have you ever come Mm -hmm. across that? People that just want to make me feel bad about something I did or or poke fun at something I did or something I have or something I said. And I have come right out. Now I say to them, are you trying to shame me? Are you trying to shame me? Because it doesn't feel right. This conversation doesn't feel right. And then it's like, oh, no, no, no. I'm just having a little fun. But shaming has become like sport lately. Yeah, I mean, I think it's always been sport, at least in my family growing up. I don't know if you came from a nicer family. (laughs) You know, I mean, my family, like, really artistic, really back to the land, lots of great culture and stuff for my family. But there was certainly the culture of you tow our party line or we will just make the gesture or look away or do something to like keep you in line. I call them the naysayers, you know, um, there are toxic people. And you know what, the the funny thing is, is that some of those people, they're not toxic for everybody, but they might be for you. And I love that you're just calling it out and not in any kind of a defensive way, but of course they're gonna backpedal and say they weren't doing that because they're acting out unconsciously. You know, one of the big things that I'm working on in myself and the people I coach is how to break the rules that are holding you back. And we are basically 
socialized to become these personalities with egos who really care what other people think. And one of the videos that I did last week was about how can you get God aligned and not be others aligned? Because we're trained from birth to care. We've got the survivalist brain, right, that we're wired with, um, that if we get kicked out of the tribe or kicked out of the club, then we're going to die because nobody's there to help and support us. But in the world that we're living in now, we can sort of choose our own people because we're not living in small tribal villages. And so we need to overcome that survivalist instinct in our brains and in our socialization and like look at wait what's true for me like what's my soul saying to me here how can i get soul aligned and really care more about being honorable with my soul or god aligned or whatever you know people talk about listening to their higher self whatever it is for you and your spiritual belief system just how to unhook yourself from only caring about what other people think because You know, the number one regret of the dying is that people wish they had had the courage to live a life that was true to them and not up to other people's expectations. Mm. And so there's a reason that we do this work. And then, of course, there's also a reason that shame exists, but it's not meant to, it's meant to be a tool to kind of keep us on track, either socially, which we can say no to today, or like, oh, I sometimes have a little moment of shame or embarrassment when I realize I wasn't in integrity with my own soul or my own vision and so sometimes shame can be a good tool but we don't have to listen to other people and i love that you're just calling them out because who knows it might be filtering in to their consciousness you know as they walk away it really makes me feel better when you say people who do that are acting out unconsciously that Mm. makes that makes much more sense to me to find your people because getting the support to keep going back out there and being the bigger person and the person who like dares to say are you trying to shame me which is so socially unacceptable to be so direct yeah. right and you forgive yourself for eating a plate of cannolis like that's really a radical act and so you do need to find your people and test them out and keep looking because because we're, we're out there Okay, Maya Matza, give everybody one thing they can do today one little exercise or little thought that can help them get more God aligned or soul aligned? I think just like a quick check-in, like we were talking about, like that moment of awareness when you start to go off the rails, whether in anger or sadness or food or whatever it is, to just take a moment for yourself, check in with yourself, what's going on here really, and like permission to be human at the same time. It's okay. I'm a human being. I have feelings to both have the curiosity in the moment of like tuning in what's really happening here and then being forgiving and just curious about it as if you're observing yourself being human from a distance. Just curiosity, no self-blame. You know, I do that sometimes when I check in with myself and say something's not right here, but I don't always have the answer, the why, you know? And sometimes I just have to say, well, I'm going to have to live with this uncomfortable thing because like you did a little research and you found that wispy, smoky part of yourself. I don't always get there. You know, I just sometimes have to say, well, (laughs) I don't know what this is. Maybe I'll figure it out as I keep going down the road. Well, sometimes things unfold, but there are also tools. Listen, I've been obsessed with personal development work my whole life. Like I sat down to meditate for the first time at age four, okay? So I'm like, (laughs) I, I just, 
and I was not successful. I will let you know that. But I have been doing this work for so long. So you want to find people who have the tools who can help you walk through this. I do guided visualizations with my clients. Um, in fact, people can go to my website and sign up for my free. It's a five-day how to live your fullest life anti-formula, how to figure out what you really want and have the courage to go for it. When you sign up for that, you will get my 10-minute guided visualization on wielding the tool of awareness. So you might just need more practice and you might need more guidance. I think that's true for all of us. All right. Give that website again. MayaMatsek.com. M-A-I-A-M-A-C-E-K.com. And like you said, I'm all over social media. I'm on Facebook and really easy to find there. Maya Matsik, she can help you get where you want to go. First, go within. Do you want to take a little weekend retreat to a mountain and find your inner Wonder Woman? We can do that together. Details on the way. Hi, it's Holly Shelowitz with Your Nourishing Wisdom. A nourishing breakfast will sustain your body, nourish your brain, keep blood sugar levels balanced, and your mood steady. Here's another one of my favorites. Green smoothies. Hopefully green smoothies have made it into your life. Smoothies can get those all-important greens into your diet. All you need is a really good blender. Here's one that I've given to even the most finicky eaters and always get a surprise thumbs up. Make enough to have for two mornings so that it's just that much easier for you. You can just store it in the fridge in a glass jar, add a little bit of water for day two, and shake it up. This is what I call my blueberry surprise smoothie. One cup of fresh or frozen blueberries, one banana or apple, two cups of unsweetened almond milk, two giant handfuls of fresh spinach, and a half teaspoon of cinnamon. Blend together until smooth. For this recipe and many others, visit nourishingwisdom.com. I'm Holly with your Nourishing Wisdom. Blessings on your day. Meredith Vieira is here, journalist, talk show host, game show host, and she's with Dr. Bukata from Radius Health. Meredith, you are encouraging women to get bone density scans. Why? Well, for personal reasons. And I, I live in Westchester, so it's, it's really exciting for me to talk to you and uh, all the ladies that are out there. My mom, when she was in her 60s, she started to develop a dowager's hump, and I just associated it with getting older. That was just one of the things that happened. And then she tripped, low-impact fall, but she broke her pelvis. And she attributed it, at the time, to just being clumsy. We never made the connection with osteoporosis. When I became postmenopausal, I went for just a general exam to my to my doctor, and he took my personal history, and he's the one who suggested that I get a bone density scan. I did, and it showed that I have osteopenia of the spine, which puts me at a much greater risk of developing osteoporosis. So I've teamed up with Radius Health to educate other women so that there is not that disconnect, especially since one out of every two postmenopausal women will suffer a fragility fracture in her remaining lifetime. That's 50% of us. That's a big number. So I think it's important for women to empower themselves with knowledge about not only bone health, but osteoporosis as well. And Dr. Bukata, do you think everyone should say to their doctor, hey, I need a, a bone scan? What do you think we should do? Well, certainly if you're a woman who's postmenopausal and over the age of 50, you should talk with your doctor about osteoporosis. A bone density scan is very important, but there are other risk factors that play a role. So for example, because Meredith's mother had a fracture. She is at increased risk for developing osteoporosis and getting fractures in her lifetime. But unlike the time when her mother was experiencing the disease of osteoporosis and the fractures, there are now many treatments available that can help to prevent fractures. Okay. So, uh, Meredith, what are you doing with your osteopenia? How do you take care of yourself? Well, 
you know, it's continuing dialogue with my doctor, um, and I eat well. I, I'm very conscious about getting enough calcium and vitamin D and a lot of weight-bearing exercise. Uh, I happen to love to hike, and it is something that I do as often as possible. But you can hike, you can walk, you can swim. There are so many things you can do, light weights. And as the doctor has pointed out to me, not just two legs. Use, uh, use your arms, too, because it's very important to keeping your bones strong. Talk to your friends about bone health. Meredith Vieira and Dr. Bucata from Radius Health. Something to note, Wonder Women. I am hosting a Wonder Woman weekend at the Graymore Spiritual Life Center. It's the weekend of August 18th atonementfriars.org on their events page. That's where you'll find all the details. Looking forward to some labyrinth walking and lots of letting go as we find our inner strength and clear everything else out of the way. Atonementfriars.org. Come to Graymore in Garrison, New York, and I'll show you around my favorite place the weekend of August 18th. Hope to see you there. Okay, thanks for sticking around for our thought for the day. It's from Lucille Ball, who said, Love yourself first, and everything else falls into place. You really have to love yourself to get anything done in this world. Go, love yourself. See you next week. You've been listening to Shine On, the health and happiness show with Casey, an Ella's Leash production. The content of Shine On, the Health and Happiness Show is intended for general information purposes only. You can listen to previously broadcast shows online at kc.co. That's K-A-C-E-Y dot C-O. Join KC for another edition of Shine On, the Health and Happiness Show next Sunday morning, right here on 100.7 WHUD.